Hello, and welcome to All Around Spurgeon, a podcast that's all about Spurgeon. My name is Matthew Perry, lead pastor of Arapahoe Road Baptist Church in Centennial, Colorado. On this podcast, we will take time to answer a question that arose during the Q&A time of a lecture I gave recently. I had mentioned several times about the 66 different ministries that came out of the heart of Spurgeon and the Metropolitan Tabernacle, the church he pastored in London for 38 years. One person asked what these ministries were specifically. Well, here's a more in-depth answer. Please take time to visit our home base, allaroundspurgeon.com. We hope that this ministry will develop an all-around understanding of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Hey everybody, Matt Perry here. Welcome to All Around Spurgeon. And this is one of the um, videos that I want to do to answer one of the questions a little more in depth that was asked at the lecture this past Sunday, April 3rd. And I just want to spend time thanking Calvary Church in Inglewood and Mark Halleck for providing a fantastic environment for that. But one of the questions that came up, and I want to just address this real quick and then be able to direct you to a place where you can go and look at this deeper was, I mentioned that Spurgeon and the Metropolitan Tabernacle had started about 66 different organizations. And somebody asked, well, what were these organizations all about? And I wish I had had that. Uh, I knew a bit about what some of them were, but um, I wanted to let you know that there is a place that you can look at those and, and read more about them. It's called the Metropolitan Tabernacle, It's History and Work. So chapters 11 to 15 of that talk about what some of these organizations and institutions were. Uh, 11 to 14 talks about some specific ones. And then 15 at uh, Spurgeon's Jubilee celebration, which was his 50th birthday in 1884, um, they began to go down a little more and just list off what these 66 organizations were. But in chapter 11, it talks about, and I'm just going to click through this on my computer and hopefully be able to convey this to you. But uh, chapter 11 talks about some almshouses. And so it says that members of the church being women above the age of 60 and needing support are eligible to become occupants of the rooms. They are generally chosen according to their number on the church book and the urgency of the case. One of the inmates, uh, Miss Fanny Gay, is in her 87th year and has been a member of the church for 69 years. She's an eminently devout, prudent, godly woman. And in the past years, rendered eminent service by her conversations with young women who needed instruction or comfort. It is a joy to provide a resting place for her and other aged sisters. And so uh, this almshouse contains 17 alms rooms, two school rooms, and a classroom, which are occupied by 380 children on weekdays. And there's also a house for the schoolmaster. And so when, when he was writing this, it said at the present time, a Sabbath school, special children's services, and an evangelistic meeting with many other good works are in earnest operation at the place, including, including most of the usual machinery collected with uh, the places of worship. And so that was one of the places that Spurgeon was most um, thankful for. The other was the pastor's college. And this was a, a college that was uh, founded in 1856. And so if you do the math, he's only 22 years old. Even as he himself never went to college, um, he opened up this pastor's college with a gentleman by the name of George Rogers. 
if you remember Spurgeon, when uh, when he came to Christ, he became a a credo Baptist. He believed in believers baptism. But the gentleman that was the principal of the place and, and was really instrumental in getting this rolling was a Congregationalist, a Pado Baptist. But they both saw the need and they agreed with enough theology to be able to continue on and moving in this particular endeavor. So when you, in order for you to be a part of the pastor's college, you have already had to have been in ministry for two years and had to have seen some success in winning souls to Jesus and had to be ready, had to be ready to learn. And you got to hear much of, if you listen to um, or read some of Spurgeon's um, lectures in books called like Lectures to My Students and All Around Ministry, other books along that line, you see Spurgeon really let his hair down. And he began to talk a little bit about the humor that goes along in ministry, but he gave some really gold advice to them. So we're very thankful, very thankful for that. Um, the next one that he was really grateful for was the Stockwell Orphanage. And so in 1867, he opened it up to uh, a, a number of young men. And in 1879, he opened it up to girls. But there was this lady um, by the name of Ann Hilliard, who gave 20,000 pounds, a tremendous amount of money then, um, gave 20,000 pounds to be able to help this uh, get rolling. Spurgeon always believed that all of these particular vehicles needed to be done without debt. So um, like the almshouse, they wouldn't get that started until there was no debt to be incurred. He really believed, Romans 13, 8, that owe no one anything except love. And so the, the, the orphanage, which uh, went on for quite a while, but um, it was destroyed and, and shut down in World War II. So they opted, I shouldn't say destroyed. It was just, they just decided to shut it down in World War II. So um, that was one of the things, the orphanage. He was very proud of that orphanage. Um, moving on, just want to do this real quick. Moving on, there's something called a coal porterage association. And so what their, their goal was, was to make sure that they were um, selling various pieces of Christian literature, Christian books, Bibles that would be able to help support the ministry that was going on. And even as they would go door to door, uh, they wouldn't just try to sell the books. They would talk about the, the the souls of the ones that were there, pray with them, especially if they were sick, always leave them a tract. So everything that they did, it was never just a commercial endeavor, and it never was just a social endeavor. There was a gospel endeavor uh, that was there. And so um, out of these, a number of classes came along. So it, it was really just wonderful to be able to see this. When you get to chapter 15 of this small work, you see something about the Tabernacle Building Fund, uh, Mrs. Spurgeon's Book Fund, which Susanna uh, began to raise money so that she could provide books to some of these pastors that didn't have a lot of money to be able to buy books themselves. If you remember, uh, if you have a chance to listen to the lecture, but if you know a little bit about Spurgeon's ministry, one of the things that um, Spurgeon was, he was a dissenter. He was of the free church realm, and that means that they weren't able to go to college, and many of them just didn't have the money to be able to move forward on some things and to be able to buy books. So what Spurgeon, what Spurgeon's wife Susanna kept doing was raising money to be able to provide these books 
for these pastors so they would have good studies to do. Um, uh, Mr. Aachen's German Mission, which were supporting uh, two missionaries in Germany, Missions to the Jews, which was a small auxiliary to this mission, which Mrs. Higgs, it says, was the secretary. Mr. Orman's Mission in Golden Lane City, Richmond Street Mission in Schools in Walworth, um, the Green Walk Mission in Bermondsey. And uh, so it, that was there where about 180, 150 children in the schools, mothers meetings, band of hope, track society, open air mission, Bible and singing classes, children's special services. Um, that It was really, really moving forward well. So, I mean, I, I could point you to all of these things that are going on, a number of classes, a number of missions, a number of different things. And at the end, it says, C.H. Spurgeon, we have need to praise God that he enables the church to carry on all of these institutions. The takeaway for us is to be able to see some of the needs that are going on and to be able to know the people that are in your church and find ways to meet those needs. Um, some of it may involve money. Some of it may not involve money. Some of it may be where you are budgeting for it. And some of it may be things where, that you just bless. But he saw ways to meet needs physically spirit, and spiritually as well. And so, uh, again, I'd recommend you getting the Metropolitan Tabernacle, its history and work. It's $1.99 on Kindle. It's very difficult to find a good um, hard copy of this. And uh, I don't know, this may be just volume one that we have on here. I'm still looking it up, but I'm hoping that this gives you a little bit more of an idea of uh, of some of these organizations that Spurgeon was all about and what and some of the things he was doing. It's really exciting to see this and really to be able to, to visit it. So again, Matthew Perry, I'm all around Spurgeon. I'm the pastor at Arapahoe Road Baptist Church in Centennial, Colorado. I hope that you'll come by and visit us if you're looking for a church. But we're also, uh, feel free to check us out at arbc.net. But we'd also love for you to be able to connect on Facebook. Just look for All Around Spurgeon and our website, allaroundspurgeon.com. Let's begin to develop this understanding of this wonderful man of God that uh, was around all too short for at least by our standards, but he was around just long enough for what God would have him to do in and of this world. So I'm very thankful that you could join us. God bless you and uh, go ahead and and hit subscribe so that when we start getting more of these videos out, you'll be the first ones to get them. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.